This is Inside Inkeeping, a podcast from InPartners on the ins and outs of the inkeeping industry. Here's your host, Megan Smith. Good afternoon. This is Megan, and I am here with Darren Drevick from the Phineas Swan Bed and Breakfast in beautiful Montgomery Center, Vermont. And in addition to being known for being a very romantic destination, the Phineas Swan has the privilege of being named one of the top 12 dog-friendly inns in the world by CNN. So Darren is going to give us some great insight into all aspects of being pet friendly and also talk about what you do if you're not necessarily a pet friendly property and people show up with their service dogs. So Darren, thank you so much for taking the time to talk to me today. I've been able to hear Darren speak on this topic and he has so much great knowledge. So I am going to turn it over to him. Why don't you just take it away with the information you gave at the presentation at Viba last month? Oh, thank you, Megan. I appreciate it. You know, one of the nice things about being a dog-friendly bed and breakfast is that we get to experience dogs and we also get to see some of the amazing things that they can do. One of the things, of course, that they can do is act as service dogs for people who have disabilities or in other ways can't uh, do everything that they would like to do. So we see service dogs that can perform amazing tasks. I I think everyone's familiar with the classical seeing eye dog, but dogs have been trained to perform amazing things now. They can uh, help people with PTSD who are in a stressful situation. They can recognize that and help get them out of that stressful situation. You have situations with people who need to be reminded to take medications at certain times, and the animals actually are trained like a clock to remind these people and to make sure that they take their medications. So, you know, as someone in the hospitality business, you really have to be aware of that. And most importantly, you have to be aware of the legal requirements that you as an innkeeper have to fulfill. A lot of innkeepers believe that because they're not pet friendly, they're not required to allow dogs for any reason on their property. And that's legally not true. The Americans with Disabilities Act dictates that a restaurant or an inn or any public accommodation has to allow someone who uses a legitimate service animal access to their facility. And not only that, it has to be the same access that anyone who's not disabled has. So in other words, you can't as an inn say, well, you know, I have one room that's a dog room, and therefore, you know, my guest wanted to stay in this other room with their service animal, but I'm not going to allow it. If you allow a guest into that room, you have to allow every guest in that room, whether they're disabled or not. Would you be able to do anything before somebody arrived to verify it was a service dog, or are you just mostly going on the good faith that your guest is bringing their dog because they need to do so? That's a great question. And, you know, a lot of times people with service animals will volunteer that information when they make their reservation, especially, again, if you're not a a pet-friendly facility. As far as verification is concerned, that's one of the real challenges an innkeeper has is that there's no central clearinghouse for certification. There's no government agency that dictates this is a service animal, this is not a service animal. So there's a lot of gray area in there as far as you know, defining what a service animal is. The Americans with Disabilities Act defines a service animal as an animal that does some type of activity or service for someone who is incapable of physically performing that task. So 
as an innkeeper, legally, there are only two questions that you can ask when someone says, I have a service animal. And one of them is definitely not, what's your disability? You know, that's that's an yes. obvious one. But you basically have to ask the question, is the dog trained to perform a task or service that you cannot perform? And the, if the answer is yes to that, then the second question is, what specific task is the animal trained to perform? Those are the only two questions under the Americans with Disabilities Act you are legally allowed to ask. Now, if someone says, no, my dog isn't trained to perform a task, well, then it doesn't fall under the definition of a service animal. The task itself, that gets a little more nebulous. You'll have a lot of people who will say, well, I have a comfort dog. It's there to keep me calm. Well, that's not really a task. You know, that's not something that you can't do on your own. So the ADA very specifically says that comfort animals are not service dogs as defined under the ADA. But you have to be a little careful of that because, as I said before, if you're someone with PTSD and the dog is trained to help you in a situation where you are agitated and remove you, that is a service dog by the definition. So there are a lot of people who have seen this gray area and have started to exploit it and that's the part of the whole thing that's very frustrating for us as innkeepers you know i can go on the internet right now and find a thousand websites that will allow me to go buy a vest that i can put on my dog that says it's a service dog and it's patches and little cards and all these things and it says service dog in bright orange letters and you know as an innkeeper, how do you know that that's a really valid animal under the law and which is not? And a lot of times in our own case, we've had to bite the bullet and just say, you know what? It's very likely that this is not a service animal, but rather than take the risk that I might be discriminating against someone, I'm going to just bite my tongue, let it go, be a good host and go forward from there. Have you ever wondered what it would be like to own and operate your very own inn or bed and breakfast? Well, inn partners can help make that dream into a reality. In our seminar for future innkeepers, we cover everything you need to help you get started, from the basics of business operations to finances and more. Register for a seminar today at innpartners.com slash attend a seminar. That's innpartners.com slash attend a seminar. And let your dreams begin. One of the points that came up from an innkeeper that is not dog friendly mm. when you were presenting at the conference, their point was that people were saying they had a service dog and then they were leaving them in their room. And so they knew they weren't a service dog because they were out and about without them. So can you talk a little bit about that subject? Absolutely. A service dog, if it's there to provide a service or more specifically to perform a task you can't perform... The very nature of you leaving the dog in the room or not having the animal with you at all times demonstrates that it's not a valid service animal. If I have an animal that's there to help me to remember to take a medication or to to help me navigate when I can't see very well, I can't just say, well, I'm going to bring my service animal, I'm going to leave him in the room, and I'm going to go snowboarding for the day. <laughs> well, you know, that's pretty obvious. Common sense tells you that that's not a very valid service animal. So, you know, that's one of many 
tips that innkeepers can look at as they try and make a determination, is this a valid service animal or is this someone exploiting the loopholes in the system? Some of the others that I've identified, generally the louder that someone protests that their dog is a service animal, the more likely it is that they're not. You can't use that as a hard and fast rule, but I have generally found the people that have comfort dogs and have spent $200 to get a really cool vest so they can take their dog on the plane and bring them into the restaurant are the people that will make the most noise about it. That's sort of a tip off, but it's not something you can use. And again, that's the frustrating part. There's no hard and fast rule. As an innkeeper, you have to make a value judgment. And one of the judgments you have to make is, am I going to decline to serve or host this guest and run the risk that I may be discriminating? Or more dangerously, Am I going to run the risk of a public relations nightmare if exactly. someone you know is entitled to this, has earned this, and needs this, and I basically close my doors to them and I find out later through a news broadcast that I just discriminated against someone that very much needed that animal? Yeah, so this inn, which we are sitting here in this beautiful inn right now, and I've been fortunate enough to stay in this inn before, this inn is clearly very pet-friendly. So... For you, a person having a service dog or a regular dog, is there a difference? Do you charge for regular pets but not for service animals? So tell me a little bit about how you do that. That's a great question. Two points to that. One, you, you've raised an interesting point that needs to be made, is if you're an end that normally does not allow dogs, you can't charge for a service animal. You can't charge a pet cleaning fee. You can't charge a dog fee. The law says, essentially, you have to do exactly for that handicapped or, or disabled guest what you would do for any other guests. So you can't charge them extra fees. You can't do that. And valid service animals are some, some of the most well-trained and clean animals you'll ever deal with. So it should not be an issue for you. Getting back to your question about our specific inn here at the Phineas Swan, we actually have three buildings here that we host guests in, and one of them is pet-free. The one that we're sitting in, the main house, because we serve food in here, because we want to reserve three of our nine suites for guests who may be allergic, we don't allow dogs in our main house. So the law comes into play for us too. If someone has a valid service animal, by law, they have to be able to bring their, their dog into the dining room. I have to allow them, if they want one of the rooms in the main house, they are entitled by law to stay in that room. So even though we're pet friendly, we do have areas that are, are restricted, but under the law, I cannot restrict those areas and will not restrict those areas for those guests. So let's talk about your pet friendly parts of the inn and how you've gotten such a wonderful reputation for being so welcoming. Mm. Well, when you first walk into our inn, the first thing you're going to notice is we have probably about 300 dog figurines up on shelves along the ceilings and the walls of all of our, uh, our main house. And so that's your first hint that we really do like dogs. The sign out front has a wonderful uh, logo of a bulldog, you know, in a tuxedo and everything. So, you know, you're, you're going to get the idea that maybe we like dogs a little bit. Uh, we have two dogs here of our own, uh, Marshall, who is a Beagle Basset, and Magnolia, who is a Beagle. We actually have a third one coming in a few weeks to play with them. So, it's gonna, so we're going to have three dogs. So that's going to be another hint that we like dogs a lot. But as a guest, if you're bringing your dog with you on vacation, and 
I cannot stress enough that your dog deserves a vacation as much as you do sometimes. And, you know, we make sure that it's as good an experience for them as it is for the guests. So when you check into your suite, you're going to have a giant dog bed, this, the right size for your dog. If it's a poodle, it's going to be a smaller bed. If it's a giant bull mastiff, we're going to have a giant bed there in the suite for you. It's going to be sitting right by the gas log fireplace. There's going to be two bowls there for water and food. We're going to have treats for you like snacks and cookies, but we're also going to have dog treats too. For a dog owner, you know, they're as much part of the family as anyone else. And we want to make sure that they feel as welcome as the guests do. Um, if they go skiing at Jay Peak, which is only seven miles from where we are, and they need someone to walk the dog during the day, we're going to do that. Our staff does that just for a gratuity and they love doing it. They love taking dogs for a walk. So, you know, we're going to pamper the dogs as much as we pamper our guests. And, and that's sort of why CNN picked us, because it's a very serious part of our culture to make sure that, you know, every guest, whether it's a parent, whether it's a child, whether it's a dog, you know, goes away and says, I had a great vacation. So this is your chance to give a little plug for the area that you're in up here. And, you know, I just drove up from Burlington, a mm -hmm. little over an hour drive, and mm -hmm. it's a whole nother world. Mm -hmm. But, you know, talk a little bit about your region and what it has to offer for any potential innkeepers that might want to come up and spend the night and see the area while they check out being a dog-friendly property. I always say that that uh, where we are at the top of Vermont is is such a unique place. Vermont is the way that the United States used to be, and the top of Vermont is the way Vermont used to be. It's very rural. It's very beautiful. It's unspoiled. We're located, as I said, just at the base of Jay Peak Resort. We have guests come up, obviously, in the winter to go skiing and snowboarding, to cross-country ski. They come to snowshoe. Uh, and then in the summer, they'll come to hike and to bike and to visit the waterfalls here. So it's an absolutely beautiful area, and we have guests coming from Vermont and coming from all over New England, all over the world. Our guests have come from France and Australia just to experience what I call true Vermont, the real, the real Vermont where you can go out. You know, today you can have uh, French toast and the syrup that's going to be on your table is from a syrup house that's a mile and a half down the road. Yep, it's a very special place. And I have to say, not only is this very near and dear to Darren's heart as a business person. Today, he was voted as a member of a select board, which is town government at its finest. And so a lot of innkeepers, especially up in the northern rural parts of New England, really get involved in their communities. And I really appreciate you taking the time to talk to me today about this important subject. And I hope to see you again soon and keep up the good work. Thanks for coming to visit us. I really appreciate the conversation. Thanks. My pleasure. Thanks so much. The BedandBreakfast.com Diamond Collection is an exclusive group of professionally inspected and guest-reviewed luxury inns. If you know that your inn is among the best properties in your region, joining the BedandBreakfast.com Diamond Collection is the perfect way to demonstrate all your property has to offer. Travelers will seek out properties that have both great guest reviews and professional inspections, plus all modern amenities and luxuries. From online reservations, to Wi-Fi, to Whirlpool tubs, to first-rate hospitality. Once guests have experienced one Diamond Collection Inn, they'll seek out that experience again and again. Advertise your property on bedandbreakfast.com and meet a whole new world of travelers. In addition to this great conversation with Darren, I also had a chance to catch up with David Heiler, 
on this same subject, and he has some other ideas I think you will find very interesting. So hi, uh, this is Megan. I'm here today to talk about a subject that is very much on the forefront of all travel now, and that is being pet-friendly especially with dogs, but I know it's not limited to that. So today I am talking to David Heiler, who was the former owner of the Three Mountain Inn in Vermont and also worked for Inn Partners and Inn Concierge. So David is what I would call an expert on our innkeeping topic. And I really want you, David, to share anything you can for innkeepers that want to become pet-friendly, what to avoid, because I'm sure there are stories out there for when you start that maybe would help people to see if it's right for their property. All right. Hi, Megan. Nice to be here. So when we came up with the idea of being pet-friendly or dog-friendly, mostly, we felt that we didn't have a lot of rooms that could really lend themselves to being pet-friendly. And so mm-hmm. while we grappled with, geez, are we pet-friendly? Are we not pet-friendly? We realized at one point we had about four rooms that had private entrances at our property. And uh, mm-hmm. we felt would be the most amenable to you know, allowing dogs. And we realized that you really don't have to have your whole inn be pet-friendly to be pet-friendly. Mm-hmm. And that's the big trick here. That's the big secret, everybody, is that if you only have a couple rooms, you still count as pet-friendly. Once those rooms are taken, they're taken. It doesn't mean you get taken out of the guidebook or off the website because your pet-friendly rooms are taken. Uh, but it's really important to define the rooms that can be and the ones that cannot. Because once you get into it, you got dogs all over the place and it just gets crazy. So did you allow dogs into your common areas? We did not. So you had your own entrance so they could go in and out clearly people were required to clean up after their dogs and were they allowed to leave them there when they went skiing for the day uh we asked that they do not do that Uh, some people did and even at dinner time we found a lot of times we'd have to come to the table and say your dog really misses you and uh, (laughs) they would go back but the other trick that i will tell you is that we made some of our most expensive rooms the dog friendly rooms Mm -hmm. so our our cottage which we built in the ground up and our suite and uh, two other of the rooms that are in a separate annex were our most expensive rooms, and they were our, also our dog-friendly rooms. And our feeling was that if you are willing to pay the $350 a night and up room rate, you were also willing to take care of your dog and take care of any kind of damage that the <laughs> dog might do. Did you have a per-dog additional fee, or it just was included in the rate? We included it in the fee, and uh, I think at the time, and this was you know, a good 10 years ago, we, it was about $35 for the dog uh, per day. Maybe it was 25 But it, uh, we included a uh, homemade dog biscuit. Uh, we had a dog bed. We had a little note from our dog that said, hey, we're <laughs> really happy that you're here. Please use this dog bed, you know, and uh, some doggy bags for cleanup in the yard and please uh you know i'm not allowed on the furniture and so neither are you sort of thing oh that's a great idea oh that's a great tip did you know that over 80 percent of travelers are watching videos online when planning their trip are you ready to join the video revolution well right now mondo media works has a special video package just for inside innkeeping listeners it includes a two-day shoot at your property and three videos plus you get to keep all the raw footage Head to mondomediaworks.com slash insideinkeeping to learn more and get a 10% discount just for Inside Inkeeping listeners. That's mondomediaworks.com slash insideinkeeping.
one of the other podcasts that we're doing is about cleaning. Mm -hmm. And so I think that possibly we'll talk a little bit about cleaning up in a a room from a pet-friendly situation, but I think it also is appropriate in this podcast as well. So what did you have to do differently for your pet-friendly rooms? Well, first of all, all four of our pet-friendly rooms had hardwood floors with uh, rugs in them and not carpeting. And I think that's a big difference. It's a great idea. And if you do have carpeting and can get away with putting a rug over the carpeting in certain areas, if it looks appropriate, um, I would go with that. Rugs are easy to replace, and they're even you can send them out to be cleaned. It's a lot more difficult to have a carpet cleaned. Did you find odor? I mean, like, I'm not a dog person, so mm-hmm. I really notice dog odor. And you know, here in Vermont, everybody has several. You know, most people have several dogs. So it's whether I'm in someone's car, in their house. But if a room, so you're giving up your best rooms for dog mm-hmm. friendly. So you book it for somebody that's not a dog person. There, it's your cottage. Did you ever get complaints that there was a dog odor? Uh, no, we didn't actually. I can say that we never had anyone complain about it. And I, you know, the only time I ever had, we had one dog problem, and the dog uh, was a young dog, and it scratched the door mm. to the cottage on the yes. inside, and the people that brought the dog. Were innkeepers, really? And their <laughs> so dogs they took care of it. <laughs> no problems asked. You know, no, no question at all. They they took good care. Of it. But you know, in all the years that we we did it, we never had any real problems with it. I think it's a great marketing tool. It's huge. Yeah. Did you immediately see return on that investment? Absolutely. We had people that came out. You know, this was still in the day of guidebooks as oh, well yeah. as websites, and people came out to uh, put us in their pet friendly guidebooks, and we were you know immediately on every pet friendly website and it was it was huge but again we only had the four rooms once those were taken people would say i'd like to bring my dog we'd say sorry we don't have any more rooms you have to come next week yeah yeah Yeah. come another time and that way you limited it to you know we had at any given time the most we could ever have was four dogs on site and that never happened huh interesting because again ideally your four best rooms you're not you weren't holding them out for pet friendly people it was just so when they caught that's that's really I've wondered about that if people are holding back rooms for the for the pet but why would you you're still yeah. getting your standard rate and this is great insight. Thank you so much for talking about this subject. And I think that um, this will be an ongoing conversation because I think it's becoming more and more of a topic when you talk about the airlines and you know everywhere people are are bringing their pets now. So Yeah. I think you are one of the pioneers for pet-friendly inns in the state. So thanks for sharing your thoughts. It's been my pleasure. Thank you. You've been listening to Inside Inkeeping, hosted by Megan Smith. Our show is produced by Luke Stafford in partnership with In Partners, Mondo Media Works, and Megan Smith Consulting. You can find Inside Inkeeping on iTunes, Google Play, and everywhere you get your podcasts. Subscribe or stay in touch at insideinkeeping.com. Thanks for listening.